This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. When our water heater broke down last month, it was a nightmare. It took five hours for the plumber to show up, and he charged us a couple of hundred bucks just to come out. Then it cost another $1,800 to put in the new water heater. By the time it was all said and done, I felt like I'd been taken. But what else could I do? The smartest thing you can do is get a home warranty from American Residential Warranty. Their home warranties pay to repair or replace all your major appliances when they break. And they will break. And at the worst possible time, call American Residential Warranty right now for free information on home warranties starting at just pennies a day. Don't wait for your refrigerator to stop running or your ceiling fans to stop turning. Call American Residential Warranty right now. Ask how you can save up to 50% on wash and dryer coverage. Just call 1-800-686-3910. That's 1-800-686-3910. Again, 1-800-686-3910. Call now. Control room. What's our policy on showing this uh, video or pictures? Nothing at all? Okay. Um, because th- th- we've been talking off the air about Glenn decided today uh, to show and post the, the, the video on theblaze.com of this brutal execution of this uh, pilot from Jordan, Jordan, yeah, Jordan who. Yeah. Uh, ISIS decided to put in a cage and set on fire. Um, you probably know the story. The video is out there. Um, the video is always out there of these things. And uh, normally the only person I ever speak to that's seen it is Jeffy. Uh, because Jeffy will go to like some bizarre peer sh- you know, peer-to-peer sharing site that he's... A member of he gets the alerts, he, so he, he's yeah. the first one to know. Like, oh, video's out. It's yeah. for work. I got yeah. the work. I got the update. Now, well, All some of the videos that, that might be. Work. Yeah. Well, depending on what business of yours you're talking about, I actually <laughs> actually agree with that. Um, so, usually though, you're not getting this on mainstream media sites. No, you're not. Um, and I, you know, Glenn made a decision today that he thought it was important enough to show. Uh, I, I, it's a know, tough decision because you, on the one hand, you want to show the depravity of these guys, you know what I mean? But on the other hand, you don't want to be just, you know, getting traffic and all these other sorts of things because you're, you're posting this, and it's just... It's, yeah. It's always as horrible as you think it is. I mean, I made the same mistake watching the Daniel Pearl video. I think that's my first exposure to one of these radical Islamic sorts of videos. And I watched that, and I, I remember the time you warned me. You're like, don't, I wouldn't do it. I can't, you can't unsee it, because you <laughs> yeah. think you watched that one, right? That's it wasn't, I think I watched a previous one somehow. It wasn't right. the Daniel Pearl one, but it was But that warned one. you not to watch the Pearl one. Yeah. So I watched the Pearl one, or, or the previous one, whichever one it was. And, and you, there's just no one seeing that. And it's just, yeah. every time I regret it. And I watched this one. Well, and, let's uh, get into this here in a second, because um, this is going, you could, as, I mean, I think walking walking through your experiences is, is important. And, Jeffrey, you watched part of it, right, as well. Um, first, though, let's talk about Glenn's decision to post it. I mean, I, I think that's, as far as I know, The Blaze is the only major media site that's decided to do this. And I think it's highly questionable. Um, I, I think... 
I understand why Glenn did it, uh, yeah. and I understand why um, he felt the need to do it, which is, you know, look, we say we're never going to forget, and we always forget. Yeah. And here's That's something to remind you how brutal this is. However, the, the Jordan, Jordanian government has asked people not to post this um, for purposes of they don't want this guy to be remembered as being lit on fire. They want people to remember him, uh, you know, as, you know, they believe he was a hero. Um, and the family obviously doesn't want it out there. So I'm a little torn on whether we should be doing it in the first place. Um, and then there's a whole separate question of whether you're going to watch it. I, you know, look, I, I, being a guy who's about individual choice, you know, I think it's okay to post. Yeah. I, I don't know that I would have done it. I, I'm, I, I'm, I just, I don't, you know, it, there's certain things I don't want to see. But do, do you agree with the decision overall for Glenn to kind of take that step, tell, warn people these are graphic images, this is why we're doing it, and then posting the video? I'm okay with that. I mean, me personally, I'm not, I think I kind of lean towards the way of, do whatever you want to do. I don't have a strong one way or the other don't or one way or the other do. So you won't have I, a problem if CNN posted it. No, and I think it's actually on Fox because I found it on, on Fox, like a Fox-related link, one of their okay. video mm -hmm. link sites through a Google search. Um, so I don't, I don't have a problem with posting it as long as it comes with that sort of tone. Like if it's, you know, and, and none of, we're not doing that. I'm sure Fox isn't doing that. Like, see the video, you know. Like, right. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a... You don't want to make it clickbait. A fun afternoon. Right. No. So uh, as long as it's done in the right way, and you're there, the warnings are all there. And you, if for some reason you need to see it, because I think sometimes you do need to see this stuff. Some mm -hmm. people do, you know, want to get, you know, because it's the same reason why do we show the 9-11 images? You know, like they stopped showing those for so many years. But every time you see it, when all the stations run, I think MSNBC runs 9-11 coverage yeah. straight through unedited for, as it happened that day. And that's always very powerful to me to see the images again. Do I want to watch you know, all those people jumping to their deaths? Well, no, but it does. Over time, you will lose that sense of what we're up against if you don't watch mm. these things from time to time, at least for me. Yeah. It's, Jeffy? Yeah. From, from time to time, because that's what makes it so powerful now, the 9-11 footage, is that you don't see it all the time. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I don't know. I, this is, I mean, this is tough. This is not, look, just from a, a human standpoint, this is not... Uh, you know, someone getting shot, which is terrible. You don't want to see that either. Uh, I mean, it's even beyond the level, I think, brutality-wise of, of even a beheading uh, somehow. I mean, it's, it's to that point of, like, you're setting, you're setting someone on fire. You're not doing that to kill them. You're doing that to make their last moments on Earth as excruciatingly yeah. painful as possible. Now, and I don't know if this is true, but they allegedly there was a Twitter sort of campaign. I don't know if ISIS yeah, brass was actually looking at it, but there were tweets uh, one of the one of the websites had it of people t giving suggestions on how to kill them. On, on how to kill them. Like, oh, throw them to the lions, you know, do whatever. And just all these chainsaws, all these horrible, horrible things. And um, you know, I don't know if that's if they actually followed it or not. But it's just not only are they depraved, but then you've got people on Twitter out there cheering it on. And, uh, and and did you guys see the editing on? Well, you didn't watch it. So, but no. the, the editing on this video is unbelievable. Like they did, it they is actually highly produced. And... There's graphics. There's, you know, because they're showing the sort of plane that he, like, there's a whole lead up to it. And they're showing the plane that he yeah. uh, allegedly floated. And it's got, like, a 3D, you know, like, turnaround blueprint style stuff. I mean, very highly produced. And huh. that's the other question is who are they getting to 
Do you go in the yellow pages and you've got like, let's see, there's wedding <laughs> videographers, there's, uh, oh, okay, executions, good, yeah. they, they, mm -hmm. they do execute, like, who's editing this stuff? It's it's so bizarre. Jeffy will supply sources. sources. I have not worked contact. No, <laughs> you know, there are a number of things that you could do for a price. <laughs> yeah, you can find people. Apparently. Apparently they get paid in bitcoins or something to do these sorts of things. Um, so you decided, what was, you, what was your decision of actually watching? You, you don't have a problem with... Uh, you're not worried about forgetting about the horrors of ISIS. Right. No, uh, Dan not. Andros, Jeff Fisher, Stubergear, we all understand and are surrounded right. by this crap all the time. We know how bad ISIS was. I don't need another explanation of how horrible they are. Why did you watch it? Uh, well, I can only say I watched about, like, I had to turn it off. I watched for about two seconds. I, mostly I watched it because I, I wanted to see if they had done the how they did the video like i didn't i didn't need to see him get burned alive and i didn't mm -hmm. watch that part as soon as oh, it okay. happened oh, I, that's, I stopped, well, that's, yeah. I stopped. Yeah. so i actually I, I more watched it just to see what they were doing and what how they shot it which of course was all expertly done and highly produced and several camera angles and you know jump cuts and everything else so um so i watched it just to see how they produced it because that whole angle of that thing is kind of fascinating to me so you didn't actually watch the death i i saw it start and it was horrible, and then I stopped it. Yeah. So no, I didn't watch him die. That's all I saw was the start of the death. I didn't see any of the build-up stuff or anything. And then uh, it was last night. I don't even remember what site it was on. I just remember seeing it posted, and uh, you know, then the kids come in, and I mean, I hate to admit this. Oh, yeah, no. oh, uh, no. I hate to admit this on the show. I'm sure you do hate to admit it, but I actually <laughs> shut it off when the kids were in the room. You shut off a brutal murder uh, while his children were in the room. Wow, Jeffy, what, this is uh, wow, what a wonderful step. I don't know what's step. wrong with me. I don't know what happened to me. There's something. I must be ill or something because normally that doesn't happen. You didn't let your uh, eight-year-old watch someone <laughs> no, get burned alive. I, wow. No, I did not. I what know, progress. I know. Listen, Gather around, I, kids. I'm we sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, this is psychotic. First of all, this happened a little while ago, too, right? It didn't just happen. They, they had apparently needed some time yeah, in the I, edit I bay yeah. to make sure that this thing was right. put together correctly. Um, happened a while ago. They had been negotiating, even after, apparently, his death, uh, they were negotiating his release trying to get uh you know this uh this guy well, out and they were lying yeah shockingly they had <laughs> they were lying um his uh the, jordan responded pretty swiftly um and decided to uh execute two of isis the prisoners that were yeah. from isis now i actually will say i i don't actually agree with this decision i know everybody's like yeah let's let's kill them too but like it just makes to me it almost makes you a is not as bad as them because clearly they're worse but mm -hmm. you're you're stooping towards their level like you should have some degree of rule of law and if these taliban guys that you have in custody are guilty of something and are going to get death well then let them go through the process and let them get death but to but to just react and kill them is to me setting up another palestinian israeli situation where you've got you forget what happened at the beginning, and it's just, well, we're retaliating for this death, and we're going to kill two more of you. Well, they killed two more of you, so we're going to retaliate. So you're, to me, you're opening up another doorway to that sort of back and forth of just killings. Yeah, so, it's one of those things. That whenever something would happen to the United States, uh, whether it was a large amount of troops dying or um, uh, you know, a terrorist bombing or something, there are, we'd always have callers on the radio show that would say, what we need to do, these people don't understand uh, they don't understand our negotiation. What we need to do is show them, you know, the power of the United States right, to, yeah. to, to, you know, eye for an eye. You go out there and you take 
uh, if they do one of yours, you take two of theirs, and, and so on. Um, there is always this, you know, the there's always the you get the pig bullet calls, yeah. you get yeah. the yeah. You, know, you, right, yeah, you get all it's the same calls every single time. Right. And of course, we don't want to do that. I don't know what the situation was with these two prisoners. Um, if they had already gone through and were just awaiting execution, and they just moved it up. Uh, or if they had gone through and, and just decided, oh, these two people are with ISIS, we're going to kill them. Um, you're right. Uh, you don't. You have to have a rule of law. Now, Jordan does not live up to the standards that we live up to. No. Uh, but the, the point is, you're supposed to have a, a rule of law. You go through a process. Um, you don't revenge killing. Not usually a good idea. No. And but believe me, I understand the sentiment. I heard a commentator on my way in this morning uh, to work, kind of throw out the. Bah. We should, frustratingly just said, we should just nuke the whole place. And Jeez. honestly, when you, yeah. but when you watch a when video you watch and you like see that. these people mm -hmm. burning alive, it's like, it kind of is like, yeah, it's I, not a rational policy prescription, no, but not. it is a, it's an emotional reaction yes. to watching someone yes. dying an excruciating yeah. death. You just get that sense of hopelessness that this place is just, it's just lost over there. Like there's just. Yeah, it's just not, there's lost. no coming around. Although people are getting burned alive, we, but we, I mean, we, it's not lost, I guess, yet. But it, I mean, we saw the president yesterday saying, "Oh, you know, look, it's no big deal. We're not losing any. Uh, we're not losing any ground." I don't know. We've talked about the 11 different countries now where ISIS has military affiliates, uh, and I mean, it I mean, seems this is desperation, right? Yeah. I mean, we, we've got we've got it backed up against the wall. This is desperation on yeah. their end. Yeah, the, yeah. The, oh, okay. the, these these actions aren't actions of winners. Was mm -hmm. the thing he kept coming back to, and and while I, I, I you know I do generally agree with that. I mean, if you you know you don't find the most um, stable governments on earth setting people on fire and releasing the video. Typically, right. um, you know, it's it's usually somebody who's trying to scare uh, someone into doing something. However, that's how these. This is how these things start. Like the Soviet Union uh, didn't start with them having uh, a giant country and, um, uh, you know, it started with a revolution where uh, an underground group came up and started killing a lot of people. Uh, this has happened. It happens all over the place. This is yeah. how these things start. And eventually they become, you know, more accepted. Uh, but, you know, I mean, look at um, uh, Yasser Arafat. I mean, this is a guy who is, you know, an obvious terrorist and winds up winning a, a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. I mean, these things, this is what occurs. And it doesn't make them better people. It just means that we tend to grow to, you know, there's always a politician out there making excuses for these people. And you want to talk about signs of desperation. Uh, I heard also that, uh, did the administration put out how many, someone put out how many ISIS people we've killed? And I think that number was 6,000. And... What? I mean, to me, that's sort of a, this is, again, another report I heard, so we'll have to confirm that. But uh, if they actually put that out, I didn't double-check it, so I just went right to air with it. Good, but, uh, <laughs> good. Yeah. That's the quality we Welcome. usually use yeah. on the show. Well, so. But if yeah. they put that number out, if that actually is true, uh, then that could, be a, that could be viewed as a sign of desperation as well, because that's one thing that Bush never did. He never put out the numbers because he didn't want it to look, you know, I remember that was one of the things I think he talked to uh, behind closed doors about. Um, I believe at one time with Glenn and, and, and said, like, we can't put out the numbers. You know, we can't put out the numbers, mm -hmm. how many people are killed. We're, we're killing them. I mean, we're, if you're going by numbers, we're winning this war by a landslide. But we can't put it out there for PR reasons and yada, yada, yada. But here we are, you know. Yeah, the ambassador to Iraq said that. I mean, that was up on CNN. So it was, it was yeah. Iraq that did that? Yeah, well, the ambassador to Iraq. Our ambassador to Iraq. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Interesting. Wow. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't know how you solve this, really. I mean, I, like, again, we've talked about this. Try to take this out of this emotional moment where you're seeing this, this poor guy get killed and, and all the other the two Japanese uh, hostages that were just murdered and obviously the, the, the set before that. 
You take it out of this and you say, well, what do we do? I mean, you know, you, you want to send in hundreds of thousands of troops. I mean, you can make a difference there for at least the short term. Whether that holds or not is obviously highly questionable, as it didn't hold last time. Um, you know, uh, the, the president uh, sat there and bragged about withdrawing people on a timeline. Well, you did that, and this is the result of it. Yeah. You know, for all of the horrors of war, which happen every single time war happens, this is why you try to avoid it. But for all the horrors of war, man, the media doesn't seem all that interested in putting any of this blame on the administration. No, An administration that. that used timeline to pull out all of our people out of there because he made a campaign promise and did not look at the realities of the situation. Now he's had to reinsert people back in here to fight people that are decapitating and burning people alive. Right. right. And I think the big I think nobody wants to stay over there for, you know, forever, you know. Um, and so we got to get out of there at some point. I mean, um, but, you know, you, you, you well, got to get out. But yeah, then at the same time, the it's like he announces it. So you can't announce it either. So, I mean, maybe the right, yeah. what, what was the right move, I guess is what I'm getting uh, at. I What's think, the yeah, right move? Was, I, it, was it do what he did but not telegraph it? I mean, I think that would have been a better move, Yeah, clearly. Um, you know, allowing people to essentially prepare for your departure. <laughs> right. Is, uh, is that something that you like when you have a house guest, right. not something that you like when you're fighting when terrorism. You're fighting terrorists, yes. um, <laughs> however, you know, I think leaving a residual force long enough to let the Iraqis, uh, and, and the same thing's happening in Afghanistan, of course, too, uh, take control of their own destiny. And, like, look, would that have been another 10 years? It could have been. Uh, but to leave, to make them leave, uh, you know, 10 or 15,000 troops probably would have done the job. Instead, there's 0,000 troops, and there's a complete vacuum of power, and then you just have people running around the countryside taking over vast swaths of territory. Uh, you know, there are always going to be al-Qaeda-type groups or ISIS-type groups. The, the question here is, never before has an administration allowed one to do what's happening here. Right. It's never, we've always had problems with these guys. We've always had uh, people threatening us. But I mean, even when Al-Qaeda attacked us on 9-11, they did do a terrible damage to our country. And obviously we know how bad that was, but it was not taking over nations. Right, this, it, is, this is usually when we step in is when a nation's getting overrun. Yeah. Right, yeah. That's, that's usually when it's the yeah, it's, moral line that everybody can go, all right, look, this nation's gonna get just completely right. fold and it's gonna yeah. be bad for everybody mm -hmm. if they fold. So we gotta get in there. Yeah, and Afghanistan had that issue and, and they were, when they were taken over, we stopped that. Right. We, and we people were for in. that. Yeah, people, people were for the yeah. Afghanistan thing. It was when we spilled into Iraq that even got Iraq. dicey. And let's, of course, remember that they were for Iraq, the Iraq they were one for too. that yes. too until they decided they were not for it anymore, right. which is a whole other issue. And it's <laughs> why it's hard to fight these wars. It is. And this is where you can connect with, with uh, you know, uh, you know, you have a little a recipe and you dash a little bit of oregano in there. You dash mm -hmm. a little Ron Paul in there. You can understand to some degree mm -hmm. his argument in that, like, it just seems unmanageable. Just like giant government programs are unmanageable. Just like, you know, uh, you know, these huge bureaucracies are unmanageable. It's essentially unmanageable to go in and try to take yeah. over a country and make it work. It's not to say that it can't happen. and it, ha it obviously has in the past. But it's very, very difficult. And without the balls to do it right, it's not going to happen. And, and without the will of the people in those countries. And I think while a lot of them might have the will to be free, I think they just don't have the power to do it. And we can't stay there forever and defend these towns from refalling again. I mean, how long have we been in Iraq and Afghanistan now and these towns just fall? And it's the same thing that happened in Vietnam. I mean, you hate to throw the quagmire thing out there, but that's what we did in Vietnam. We went and we would take a hill and then we'd leave. And then the strategy of the enemy just became, all right, we're just going to 
vacate the area and then wait till they leave and then we're going to go take it back again. Yep. And it's just, it's on a, on a different scale. It's the same exact thing that's happening. Yeah. All right, triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. More on this uh, coming up. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Welcome to the Pat and Stu show. By the way, uh, I'm Stu. This is Dan Andrews who's filling in for Pat today, and then there's. I'm right here. Jeffrey, I'm, this, I'm always right here. I don't know why you make this such a, item. It seems like it's hard for you to remember. I'm right here. Mm. I'm right here for you. Great. So, uh, as you celebrate Jeffy's presence today, uh, this is an interesting video that did some pretty big traffic on the blaze. If you haven't seen it, it's a uh, British guy. He's a comedian, actor, author, big time atheist. Uh, and he is on an Irish TV show that I guess is leaning uh, sort of a spiritually minded. Uh, TV show, and the host. He was, he was also the uh, prime minister in the reboot of Twenty Four, the British prime minister. The St Stephen Fry was. Uh, yes. Yeah. I know. I have actually watched that. That's season. good. That's the newest one. That's good. The, the most recent one, with the one yeah. that kind of had the Edward Snowden beginning yep. to it. And yep. that's that's as, I, as far as I got, I got three or four episodes into it. But I liked it. I, yeah. I just I'm, and I am a Twenty Four apologist. Like mm -hmm. I I love them all. Yeah. I, mean, I don't I care. So. Everyone everyone picks sometimes at the cheesiness of the plots or whatever, and I don't care as long as Jack Bauer racks up some kills, and some good uh, torturing. That's mm -hmm. all I really care see, about. See, look at this. So. This is this is why. Yep. You see now what's happening with ISIS, and you see it right here. This horrible. Oh, this is backlash person. we deserve. This is this is the backlash. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm just being Jesse Ventura. For <laughs> um, so uh, you got to do it with a different voice. If yeah, you're doing I know. Jesse Ventura. <laughs> be a little more animated. <laughs> uh, so they're talking to this uh, comedian atheist guy about uh, sort of the spirituality and 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 if he finds out that God does exist, what exactly happens? Watch. Suppose it's all true, mm. and you walk up to the pearly gates and you are confronted by God. What will Stephen Fry say to him, her, or it? I will basically, what's known as theodicy, I think, I, I'll say bone cancer in children? What's that about? How dare you? How dare you create a world in which there is such misery that is not our fault? Zing. It's not right. It's utterly, utterly evil. Why should I respect a capricious, mean-minded, stupid God who creates a world which is so full of injustice and pain? That's what I'd say. And you think you're going to get in? No, <laughs> but I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to get in on his terms. They're wrong. Ah, mm. smarter yes. than God. It's smarter uh, than God. I always love when, uh, look, a guy's entitled uh, to his uh, own opinion, uh, and, you know, good luck with that. So this uh, is, uh, just Fry. so you know, this is the disclaimer part of Dan's response. Uh, this is, uh, look, he's a nice guy. I, he has the right to say it. I just... You're giving, uh, I understand you have to give the disclaimers to start it off. But how do you react to something like that? I, I just find it kind of laughable that, you know, uh, all of these hardcore sort of militant atheists uh, are, always view themselves as smarter than God. And so I, the, I, the arrogance in that statement to say that even if I'm completely wrong and there is a being, an infinite, you know, omni, uh, omnipotent uh, being who has created the whole universe and created everything just by speaking the words, somehow I know better than that <laughs> right, being right, with right. my limited knowledge. Mm -hmm. uh, we can't even predict the weather for the next, you know, 10 days <laughs> accurately, but yet yeah. somehow he knows what's right and what's wrong um, uh, is to me just 
it's just it's foolish thought but i mean you know they well this is i would say though the biggest thing that people who are you know unbelievers atheists people try to talk you out of having faith will say look at all the terrible pain in the world why is there a world in which there are people who light other people on fire in cages Right. And, and why does that happen? Well, and he says, well, why did God do that? And well, first of all, God did create the perfect world, and it was with Adam and Eve, and they were living uh, in perfect harmony with God. But then there's a little story that everyone really? may remember mm -hmm. where okay. uh, involved a, a tree and the forbidden fruit and everything else. And so then <laughs> that's when lying. everything entered, entered into the world. And so God's not actually this mean, evil God that hates us all. He created us with the freedom to choose. We chose poorly, which... He knew it was going to happen, but be, you know. But the story of God is not one of Him punishing us and hating us. It's one of Him rescuing us. So it's just you know, it's just the perspective that an atheist has. And honestly, I think I think a lot of it is just they don't want to. You know, he talked about life, and when you take it out, life is just so much better. Well, actually, the suffering and everything still exists when you take when you take God out of the equation you know the right. suffering is still there and he acts like somehow life is now magical without that but it's still there and so how do you explain it in a world that doesn't have a god and actually there you know he's he's cuz he's talking about justice there mm -hmm. well in a world where there's no god uh there is no justice life is just meaningless and it's dust to dust dust to dust and uh you, you come and you go and there's no justice you know uh yeah it certainly doesn't seem like a uh appealing worldview. I mean, and you can make the no. argument whether it's appealing or not, you should look for the truth. I understand that. It does not seem like it's an appealing worldview to me. Now, you uh, sat down with Ravi Zacharias. Yeah. Uh, this is a couple of months ago yeah. uh, on your podcast. Maybe we could tweet that out uh, from at the at Pat and Stu account on Twitter. Yeah, because I don't want to try to rehash it because he's brilliant and I'm not really brilliant. Right, so, but he, uh, you, but you he asked him this, 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 this same yeah. question, right? Because well, his book was on why suffering. Right. And um, and it and it's clear. I mean, people say, well, why did God? And I don't know all the answers to why why God created the universe the yeah. way that He did. Um, but it is clear in the Bible. I mean, just look at the story of Job that certain that that God allows certain sufferings to happen. But you know, where the believer you know has rest is that you know we know that someone's in control of all this. And when in Job's account, God was in control of it the whole time. And so. While bad things are happening, we can take solace that, yes, God is righteous and he is going to make the right decision in the end. Whereas in an atheist worldview, there is not going to be any justice or any accountability or anything like that. It just mm -hmm. ends. And so to me, that view is really depressing because uh, it, it actually just means you're, if you follow it to its logical conclusion that life is actually meaningless. There yeah. is no meaning, no purpose to life if you have that worldview and you follow it to its log logical conclusion. So. Jeffy, when you look at the inner workings of the satanic church, how do they <laughs> handle uh, this particular <laughs> issue? Okay, well, I guess we can come back to that. Actually, if I had more to say on this particular, uh, in this particular interview, um, saying, this is that sort of thing you just mentioned, Glenn, uh, uh, Dan, which is this sort of militant uh, atheism, in right. which you're ch constantly trying to just essentially demean everybody else's viewpoint. Right. And, you know, look, I, you might think you're right, uh, but does that actually work? I don't, I don't know that it does. It doesn't win anyone over your cause. And, of course, there's the question of why do you care if you don't care if there's right. a God or if there's no God, right. then why do you care about winning people over to your viewpoint? What's the point? Yeah, I always feel like the more honest position to be in is, is someone who says they don't know. I guess that would be agnostic. agnostic yeah, sure. Um, because an atheist, you're making a claim. 
You're, 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 you're not just saying, I don't know. I don't know what's out there. You're, you're saying there's guy I don't know about that. You're saying, no, there is no one. So right. you're making it Which is just claim. as much of a claim on, of faith as it yeah. is to say that there is a God. Yeah, you're they, both having faith in something that you can't necessarily prove. Right. They, would ar- they argue no on that, but I, I tend to agree with what you just said. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's look at uh, Fry's uh, response. Now, if I died and it was, it was Pluto, Hades, and if it was the 12 Greek gods, then I would have more truck with it because the Greeks were, they didn't pretend not to be human in their appetites and in their capriciousness and in their unreasonableness. They didn't present themselves as being all-seeing, all-wise, all-kind, all-beneficent because the God who created this universe, if it was created by God, is quite clearly a maniac, (laughs) utter maniac, totally selfish, totally... We have to spend our life on our knees thanking him? What kind of God would do that? Yes, the world is very splendid, but it also has in it insects whose whole life cycle is to burrow into the eyes of children and make them blind. They eat outwards from the eyes. Why? Why did you do that to us? You could easily have made a a creation in which that didn't exist. It is simply not acceptable. So, you know, atheism is not just about not believing there is a... not believing there's a God, but on the assumption that there is one, what kind of God is he? It's perfectly apparent that he is monstrous, utterly monstrous, and deserves no <laughs> respect whatsoever. The moment you banish him, your life becomes simpler, purer, cleaner, more worth living, in my opinion. Uh, I'd like to see more of his comebacks, because he doesn't seem too. to have any in the clips we've shown, but no. that's, I think, because we're just focusing on Fry. Uh, you know, because I think there are arguments to this, and as you point out, I mean, he did create this perfect world. Uh, we kind of screwed it up. I yeah. Mean, I didn't. Yeah. I wasn't there. Uh, you know, I would not look good in a, in a leaf. Uh, <laughs> I will tell you that. Um, but, you know, it, it just sounds like he doesn't want to. And again, it comes down to, uh, you know, not wanting to do what God asks you to do. And when, you know, and again, it's just a way to look at things. You can be negative on something and you can be positive on something. Whereas he, he thinks it's just laborious and ridiculous to have to, you know, praise God. And it's like, well, if you look around and you do like the world around you and, and all the blessings that you have, then you're going to thank him. And, and it is, you should thank him for, for being alive. That's a pretty cool gift. Um, but there's also other things that God says we should do if you, if, you, if you believe. And so he obviously doesn't want to do those things. And so to do the things that he wants to do, he can't believe in God or else he'll be, you know, having to be right. in constant <laughs> all of a sudden you're disagreement with right. God. Yeah. Right. So, uh, you know, and saying he's evil. I, uh, you know, I talked about that in the last you know, the answer saying he's evil is just a matter of again looking at it. Whereas he's he's skipping the fall and who brought sin into the world and, and yeah, evil. Right. Um, so Jeffy, when you convinced those few hundred people to drink that Kool Aid and go up heaven's chili, <laughs> no, that wasn't what me. was the what? That wasn't me. You were involved. So you know, I, had, I didn't convince anyone. They chose. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we'll get back to that. And 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 you know, obviously, you could uh, you could. You know, these sort of theological arguments are difficult. Yeah. And, and, and probably the best evidence that, you know, there is Satan um, is Jesse Ventura. Yes. We'll talk about him yes. uh, coming up here on the Patton Stew Show. <laughs> Back in a second. <laughs>
Triple eight seven twenty seven back. Maybe we'll come back to this later yeah. uh, because uh, we were just talking in the break more about the this atheist questions and 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 you know it, it gets into just t- territory that's I think interesting. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it's too obscure. I, I don't know. Maybe no. I think uh, look. I think when you investigate what you believe, um, you're gonna get you're gonna keep going down these rabbit holes until you get to these questions. So I think it's good to investigate them and really you know not just have blindfolded faith and just, yeah, you know, oh, where yeah. you're just, well, I believe it. Like, investigate it. It like, doesn't find mean anything out, if you, know? you just, if you believe it and never have questioned it. Right. Uh, yeah, you know, I, you have to be able to ask these questions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, qu- quickly, maybe we'll get into this here, because why why, why push it off? Because we're in the middle of the conversation anyway. <laughs> we, I was talking, making an analogy in the break, and this is not a perfect analogy, but it's kind of the way necessarily, like, in a way to think about it in human terms, because you're a human being trying to make sense of God, and that's not easy, because we're not God. That's actually a futile effort. Yeah, it's a, it is, about it. but that is, it's what you try to do to understand it. And it's, it, it, like, I was talking about, like, you know, the CEO of McDonald's does not necessarily focus on if the right amount of ketchup is on a particular hamburger in Indiana. Like that's not what they're doing. This is a big picture, uh, big, big picture view. Now, obviously, that's imperfect with God because he, he c- could theoretically control all of these things. But the idea that we would understand every move that he makes and look at it in the same perspective, while we might think something terrible here on earth is the end-all, be-all, if you factor in, and if you, ha- you have to believe this to factor it in, but if you factor in essentially the reward that's on the other side, right. if you factor in et- eternity, it becomes, as crazy as it is, essentially a blip on the map. Right, well, and you can get peace that way because you can understand. I mean, there's a verse in the Bible that says, you know, God works all things for, to, for good to mm-hmm. those who love him. And so you can kind of go, all right, I don't understand what is happening here, and I have no idea but you know, why these bad things are happening. But I know that ultimately it's going to work out for good, and it might not be good in this life, but in, in the afterlife it, it will be. And so, I mean... And who knows what you've done... Glenn's done shows on this where someone, um, you know, uh, does a little thing and it winds up changing someone's life. And that person winds up changing thousands of lives. You don't know what the grand plan is and you don't know the scale that it's on. We tend to be so hyper-focused on ourselves. He's calling God selfish, but he seems to be, you're so hyper-focused on yourself and how, you know, your individual experience is that, you know... That's not how God would look at it. Right. Like, why can't Again. I have everything perfectly right, right now? And, and um, you know, like you said, God's painting a bigger picture, and we don't know what the whole picture is. And so, you know, it, you have to just come to a place where you say, all right, well, the guy who created the universe and knew how to do every little molecule, like you said, you know, that God has to have truth and justice on his side, too. Like, he, he knows what's right and wrong. He created right and wrong. So he knows what's right and wrong. So you have to, you have to go with that on the other side. Yeah. There's going to be ultimate justice. And so those who've done right and wrong are going to, if they weren't punished here, they're going to be punished on the other side. Yeah. But if they weren't rewarded here, they're going to be rewarded on the other side. And so th- that viewpoint gives you peace in the worst times. Whereas, you know, for someone who it, it does has not believed, then they just have what like it's just right it just becomes despair because you realize that it's all worth nothing in the end you just hope you get a good you get good luck along the way and that you don't have all this bad stuff happen to you right it's like it's it's analyzing in a on like the wrong plane it's like you're you're, yep. you're talking about you're trying to analyze rules that you can't possibly understand yeah. and, and, and you're, you know. you're trying to analyze yeah. A giant, you know, million-piece puzzle, and you only have four pieces. Yeah. Well, so. and, and atheists hate hate this argument, but um, yeah. I'll bring it up anyway. They hate lots of things. Well, yeah, they do. Uh, <laughs> but the, the bottom line is, it's faith, right? 
Yeah. Like, if it was super easy to understand every single aspect of it and everything was going to be perfect, you wouldn't need faith. Faith wouldn't be a part of it because you could look at it and be like, hey, it's, it's Jesus again. What's going on, bud? Right. How are you? Uh, you know, it's like that, that, you know, that's not the way it works. The reason, like, there's a, essentially a test there. And yeah. if you, you know, if you don't have faith, um, then, you know, it, like, you just wouldn't, the, the need for faith isn't there if if it's essentially this paper is God because right. this paper is right here and I'm going to hit it over and over again. But when there's a faith aspect to it, of course, you're not going to be able to understand all of it. Of course, right. you're not going to be able to easily see or prove every aspect of it. But an atheist can't either, though, because they yeah. can't make sense of the world with, you know, and all the things that are going on in the world with their worldview either. So so I think it's good to have these conversations, yeah. whether you're an atheist or not. But um, but there's logic on both sides. There's logical and good questions on both sides. And so I think I think the thing that needs to go is sort of the ridicule on both sides. You know, I think I think a lot of Christians do it, too. And they and they just, oh, you're going to hell. Have fun with that. You know, and, <laughs> and it's you know, it's whatever. It's funny to say, you know, when you see somebody like this guy coming out and, mm -hmm. or when Richard Dawkins is mocking Christians. But, you know, these are serious questions and they're, you know, potentially life and death questions. So I think. We should take them seriously and treat them accordingly and not have, you know, the, the mockery on either side so much. Uh, Jeffy, uh, any want to take any position on mockery <laughs> and the use of it? I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I didn't think so. Uh, so As I say that, now we're going to make fun of Jesse Ventura. Yeah, yeah, we're going to have to take a quick break here, come back on the other side with a guy who's definitely going to hell and I'm going to mock him. Uh, Jesse Ventura on the other side uh, in his new comments on, you know, how Americans are basically Nazis. <laughs> we can all agree on that, right? Yeah. Well, Nazis and communists. Nazis and communists. Back in oh. a second. Jesse Ventura is a douche. And he's Fact. going to hell. He's going to hell. Well, we've confirmed that already yeah. today. We've solved all the uh, theological questions today, <laughs> in case you missed the earlier part of the program. Uh, but uh, he is a douche. We know that for sure. Yeah. And uh, because he's obviously, he's in the douche hall of fame. Yes. In fact, he is grand nozzle of the douche hall of fame. So congratulations to Jesse Ventura for all the hard work he's been doing at to trying to destroy the family of a military hero. Um, this particular hero is uh, Chris Kyle, of course, uh, who was tragically killed before he had a chance to really defend himself against Jesse Ventura and his claims. Uh, he, however, likes to go on media all over the place and try to claim that he proved his case in court. Here's his latest attempt. Douche Hall of Fame. You've not seen the movie American Sniper, correct? No, I have not. And you read the book? No, I only read my chapter. And when I, when I read the chapter about me and Salt was completely fabricated, which is what we proved in court, yet there's still people questioning whether he's a liar. He lied about me. I went in court and proved it in front of a jury and a federal judge. And uh, so all I can do, like I said about the movie, I said it's a, a propaganda film that's as authentic as Dirty Harry. He uh, actually did not prove anything. What he did was mm -hmm. he won a case in court. I, again, I don't know how, and hopefully that thing gets reopened or re-looked at or whatever, but what he did was he had witnesses. Uh, Kyle had witnesses, 
And uh, for whatever reason, they were in Minnesota, maybe that helped, but for whatever reason, they sided with Ventura. But he did not prove anything in court. And, and also, uh, let's just clear up sure. a chapter. Uh, my understanding is it was two pages. It was two pages in the book was tell the retelling of that story. It was not an entire chapter. Yeah. Um, but no, he didn't prove anything in court. I mean, similar to OJ did not prove his innocence. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, he won a court case. Yeah. Uh, um, so I think so. Can we call you now a liar, Jesse, for, for saying that I proved in court? Well, well, this is it's humorous because Jesse Ventura, who has been, you know, he's a crazy 9-11 conspiracy theorist. He thinks every the government has done basically responsible for every ill, every flag is a false flag in the world of Jesse Ventura. <laughs> Yet he, his court case, he proved it. And that's the end, end all be all of everything. All of the conspiracy theories he talks about all the time have gone through court cases and been dismissed and thought of as ridiculous over and over and over and over and over again. But all of those were examples of the court system lying and not getting it right. Right. But so it's, it worked this one time in this one case, and it's hardcore proof and should never be questioned. Uh, you know, it's obviously ridiculous. And when you listen to the guy, he says that uh, the movie is fiction and the level of Dirty Harry, but he hasn't seen the movie. And his part, the one lie he says he can identify, isn't in the movie. Isn't in the movie. So he has no idea, no evidence as to whether this is true or not. Uh, you know, look, Jesse Ventura is the lowest form of subhumanity. Uh, well, well, hold on one second. Well, There's one other example. There he is. That, that's the... Uh, <laughs> you see that? What there? Yeah. Hey, what? No, the camera's uh, showing it right now. I don't, don't I know. It's Jesse Ventura. Is right behind. No, that's yeah, it. They're showing something else. Don't worry about it. Maybe we should tell Jesse that you know, look, your spot in the douche hall of fame is secure. Yeah, you, you don't, don't have to, to keep this going. Like you're, you're running good. up the score at you, this point. You're in no risk of being yeah. ejected from the Hall of Fame, the Douche Hall of Fame. This you're is, good. This is you're running up the score. You're running. You up. are. <laughs> it's uh, it's like all right, you, you know, give it a rest here. Um, <laughs> We've already specifically gave you a special title. Inside the right. Douche Hall of Fame. Yeah, you can't be more tried. grand than the Grand Nozzle. You know, that's as good as you can right. get. Um, and you have the douche stamp of approval. It's it's tattooed on you. It ain't going anywhere. Yeah, We're good. of course. Now, the reason why Jesse Ventura claims he was injured by Chris Kyle. Again, and this is a lawsuit. As you point out, it's just a lawsuit he won. He also won it against a person who was not alive. Who was alive, yeah. So, uh, so it was really very difficult defense, to, yeah. uh, to mount the defenses to his specific <laughs> claims. Yes, he was deposed, but that he, did not, he was not able to get on the stand and say, no, 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 what he's saying here is wrong because of this. Right, and a deposition is one-sided. It's, right. it's only the other team's you know, yeah. uh, prosecutors going after you. Exactly. So. Like, I mean, look, it, it's valuable, and I mean, it was certainly valuable, but not the whole story. So, uh, so... The, the claim, though, that he says, I was essentially injured by Chris Kyle because I can't go to, you know, seal funerals anymore. And I can't go to uh, these military events because all these guys hate my guts. My reputation has been tarnished because people now believe, I think, these negative things about the military. Now, let me give you the other clip and tell me how much damage was actually done by Kyle even if he did lie, and how much is done by Ventura every time he opens his fat mouth. A hero must have honor. You cannot lie and have honor. It's that simple. A hero should have honor. A hero is not how many people you've killed. That, you know, he was obviously a great sniper. He's obviously a great shot. He obviously did his job correctly. Alan, let me fire this one at you. 
Do you think the Nazis have heroes? Well, we, you're, the Nazis well, obviously no, were, no. were fighting they, for a cause when, we can't condone. Wait, wait, wait. Right. When they invaded the country, when they invaded Poland and they invaded France, and if a Nazi soldier killed a hundred of the people that lived there, would he be classified a hero in Germany? But are you comparing what the Nazi mission was versus what our mission is in war? As a country? Well, I'm, I'm stating that we invaded Iraq. We were not asked in. We invaded a country. We overthrew its government. And then we killed people that lived there. Are we analogous to the Nazis? Well, I, and the communists, yeah. We're, yeah. We behave the same way now. <laughs> I mean, this is uh, even with worse. To say no. Yeah, this is worse than anything Chris Kyle said. He he said, and it's it's the exact same point, except stated more brutally. Uh, he's saying we're essentially the same as the Nazis. There's, I mean, again, you know, he doesn't even try to with the opportunity to say, well, no. What I'm saying here is, we went into a country and it was, but it was different. Obviously, ours, you know, our argument was better. We weren't just trying to kill Jews. None of that. So how it's does that... basically yes. And by the way, let me add in the communists who killed another twenty million. Gosh, I mean, his whole contention, his whole contention during this court case was that it was ridiculous, and he never said we deserve to lose a guy. But with a statement like that, you know, does the Nazis not deserve to lose a guy? I mean, is that not what he's saying? There? Yeah. That that we he says yes, we are analogous to the Nazis, and our mission is just as bad as theirs. So would it not be a logical extension of that to say that? To assume that he said that, yes, we deserve to lose a few guys? It's the same point. It's not even, it's not even an extension. It's the same freaking point. Back in a second. You're a douche. back is the phone number. So the vaccine controversy continues to roll on for another day. And, and some of this stuff is, is absolutely absurd. First of all, progressives, liberals have been the ones leading the anti-vaccine movement for years and years and years. We gave you three easy examples off the top. You know, RFK Jr., who was on with Jon Stewart um, talking about vaccines. And Jon Stewart was, well, you know what? When there's smoke, there's fire. John Stewart, Mr. Smart Guy, he's all over this. Now, liberals now all of a sudden are so against this anti-vaccine thing. Uh, we also talked about uh, Jenny McCarthy, of course, probably being the biggest public face. Someone who was so, I mean, views that you would never imagine would be allowed in the mainstream. She was given a job on The View. On The View. Uh, and then, of course, her former husband or boyfriend, Jim Carrey, who was also out there talking constantly about this. You think he's a conservative? You've seen his comments on guns. You think he's a conservative? No. This has been a, a big time, and there's been pockets on both sides, to be sure. But this has not been a, a, a conservative issue. Now they're trying to turn it into a conservative issue because there's a measles outbreak, and it's suddenly unpopular. Um, and, you know, this is something that we've talked about many times on the air before. We're not going to bore you with all of the back and forth. Let's just focus, though, on, on the politics of it. Because it's infuriating. 
to be perfectly honest. A Republican congressman said uh, Tuesday that individuals who have come to the U.S. illegally may be responsible for the recent measles outbreak. This is uh, Mo Brooks from Alabama. He made the claim during an uh, interview with radio host Matt Murphy. I don't think there's any health care professional who's examined the facts who could honestly say that Americans have not died because the disease is brought into America by illegal aliens who are not properly health care screened as lawful immigrants are. So here come the Republicans, our, uh, our haters. Yeah, they, hate we don't like it. looks different. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm seeing it on social media, too. Everyone's just instantly blaming crazy Republicans for this backlash and that we're the ones that are anti-science again. But that's, that's just it's untrue. I, I mean, it's, it's not that, that that should surprise me, I suppose. Now, when it comes to um, saying disease could be brought into this country because of illegal immigration, that is not a... That is not a hateful position against immigrants. It is not even a hateful position against illegal immigrants. What it is saying is you need some sort of screening process when people come into your country that have different health standards. You know, the, the same way that, uh, you know, you go, to, you go on a trip to Mexico and you don't drink the water. There are things that are different in, in countries. People, people's constitution, they can handle more. Sometimes diseases get spread in other countries where they don't have health care systems as developed as ours, even though I know that hurts um, uh, Democrats to admit because they had to say how horrible our healthcare system was, but the truth is it's actually one of the best in the world, if not the best in the world. Yeah, but you're you're missing the point, Stu. I think the bigger picture, which is, I uh, forget all the facts aside, it makes a good bumper sticker for Democrats to throw against Republicans. So, as long as it has a good bumper sticker slogan that they can use to make Republicans look bad, then it's totally fair game. Doesn't yeah. matter if it, it makes sense or not. It really doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, I, I, dummy I, vote. I don't there know. It is, again. it is, yeah. I don't know what you do um, with this because it's like complete denial. I mean, we have both Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton on record saying that they were interested in the link between vaccines and autism. Uh, they weren't going to look into it. They wanted to have research into it. Now they're the ultimate authorities of obviously we know the scientific truth. It's like, who are these people? Are they, and, and do these quotes get brought up at all? No. Um, here is uh, Ben Carson. Now, Ben Carson has been credited by the media in many circles. He's obviously a neuro uh, neurosurgeon. Um, and he's been credited uh, as the guy who has given the strongest response to the vaccine thing from the Republicans. So, so far, the media likes this guy on this particular issue. Here's uh, Ben Carson. He's on CNN. What we have to recognize is that a lot of people are put off when they hear the word government force. And, uh, you know, perhaps there's a better way to put these things. You know, there were a lot of myths going around about uh, vaccinations causing autism and other types of things. These have been uh, dispelled. We know better now. So, you know, a lot of people haven't gotten that information. We need to make sure that we, uh, we make that available to everyone. The people in California have been given the option of opting out and they have a whole bunch of misinformation they're not getting their kids immunized and now we have an infant who has the measles disease I isn't this a perfect example yeah. of what happens when you don't mandate it well it, it is a good example of what happens and you know these are things that we had under control uh, we have to account for the fact that we now have people coming into the country uh, sometimes undocumented people who perhaps have diseases that we had under control. So now we need to be doubly vigilant about making sure that we immunize our people to keep, to keep them from getting diseases that once were under control. 
I mean, I think he's pretty, pretty much on the mark there. I, I, I mean, is, he seems to be calling for mandatory. I don't like the idea. Well, well, we just need to change the name. Change the word. Yeah, know, that's, that's a very that's, progressive sort of yeah. uh, tactic to just change it to more flowery language, and then we're good. But he also did. Right. He didn't actually. I mean, he alluded to the fact that he might be for that, but he also said we need to get the information out there. Yeah, you know? uh, and, and this is the thing. It's like you know, the, the correct way to stop this is not to say, well, the government has a right to mandate injections like I, I, I it seems kind of crazy when you talk about it that way however the, the majority of people do agree that vaccinations should be mandatory um, you know ran, uh, was it one of the candidates I can't remember which one it was because everyone's now releasing uh, statements on on this one of them said uh, as long if you have a good faith uh, religious or moral objection to it that's something that you can consider and I think that's you know kind of like well like you know it's not necessarily like okay everybody just opts out of it but you have some sort of situation where like you go and I say look this is against my religion and then you'd be able to opt out of the vaccination right. thinking it's going to kill your kids or do harm to your kids is not a good enough reason right apparently. well you know look I, you know these I mean, are these, these are tough might, areas yeah. like I yeah. you know I as much as I don't like, you know, government in intervention, these things really do protect people. Yeah. They really do. I think the correct way, the best way, the ideal way to get rid of this problem is to destroy the argument of people like Jenny McCarthy. Yeah. Stop allowing them, I don't know, uh, to uh, to sit there unabated on television and make these arguments. Have someone in there who's going to freaking correct them and say, no, actually, this is this is the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. And I think... Things like measles breakouts will kind of do that for you. Yes. Uh, you're going to have a couple of these things, and all of a sudden people are going to say, wait a minute, I don't know if I trust the Playboy model with my children's health. <laughs> and I think that that yeah. does take effect after a while. But, again, these things may break out. I think, yeah. honestly, that with this culture of people being against vaccinations in, in, in you know, small but a significant number, it's going to make sure that this does happen from time to time. And the knee-jerk reaction to these mandates is is – that so many people are for it is kind of frightening, and it's it's also indicative just of the direction our society's gone, where we've just kind of punted on so many be things that we're supposed to be responsible for as parents and everything else. Mm -hmm. Like instead of us getting educated on these sorts of things and looking for information and 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 coming to the right conclusion ourselves, we don't do that anymore, and we just whatever the government tells us to do, we yeah. just do. Like like you guys were saying on the air the other day about when de Blasio shut down New York. It's like, well, when are they going to have a buzzer to tell us when we can go inside and outside? Yeah. You know, they're just shutting it down and telling us what's good for us. And it's like, well, how much of that are we going to keep forking over? Uh, you know, and, and so now it's the same thing with these well, vaccinations. It's like we're not old enough, we're not smart enough, we're not wise enough. We, it's the progressive mindset of the public is too stupid to figure it out on their own, and we need to tell them how to do that. And let's be honest, sometimes the public is too stupid. But sometimes, how do you get the public right, smarter? Right, exactly. <laughs> this is the point, and this is the difference between, um, uh, I think, progressives and conservatives in a way. It's like sometimes people are stupid. Sometimes they jump off roofs on their heads to see if it'll work. Sometimes they try to fly at a 40-story buildings. And, you know, like, can you lock everybody in a cage and make sure it never happens? Yeah, you can definitely yeah. stop it. But is that worth it? Do you realize that sometimes this is going to happen? There is obviously at some level. We talked about it with Ebola. Like you, you, there is some level where you, you have to do some of those things. And I do believe of the very few jobs that the, that the government can be involved in, you know, outside of national defense, communica uh, communicable disease is one of them. 
Um, you know, because it is a, it's not just an individual problem. You know, you having measles and then walking around uh, to uh, the local Qdoba is not just your problem. It's everybody's <laughs> right. problem. But of course, we see what happens with these mandates. Uh, you know, yeah. who was the, uh, the reporter for, you know, they had the quarantines and then the reporter, you know, just decides, to, yeah. eh, I'm going to go ahead and go out and get some lunch. Right. I mean, it's not going to solve like, it anyway. You know. I mean, you're going to, I think that's the thing. It's like, uh, we were talking about this for something different than I'm working on for Wonderful World of Stew in the next couple of weeks. And I made this point a couple of times, uh, which is there is a, a real problem with the United States of America in, in that the electorate, the people that seem to be engaged in issues, have a real trouble understanding the difference between something that is a right and something that is awesome. Yes. Okay, net neutrality is one of these issues, but vaccines kind of work the same way in that, like, is it a like, is it something that we should force on people or is it something that people should just really want and is awesome? I believe and I know if you're an anti-vaccine vaccine person, you're not going to agree with this, but I believe vaccinations are awesome. I can't believe all the good that they've done across the world. They've done an, an unimaginable amount of good keeping people alive. That's my belief. Um, uh, however, uh, on the other side of that. That doesn't mean that just because they're awesome and they're great that you can uh, the government can force everyone to do it. I don't think you can. I think you have to try to convince people and win arguments. Uh, and if you can do that, then you have something. But to just tell every parent that they're not allowed that you that I mean, just think of it from a perspective outside of, of medicine for a second. You're saying you have the right to come in to my innocent child that I want to raise a certain way and stick a needle and inject a substance into them. Even though you're not their parent, I'm their parent. Um, now, you want to keep them out of school? You want to keep them out of school? I think there's a, a legitimate argument there. You want to keep them uh, an unvaccinated child out of certain arrangements? They, I think those, those organizations have the right to do that. Um, but to say that you're able to come do this and essentially, uh, you know, apply a medical treatment um, uh, to every kid when they're not even sick, you know, essentially a preventative treatment. I don't know how you do that in America. I mean, no, you, and it's, it's, not, and it's not part of our system, really. No, and, we're ha and I think the part of the problem is, is we ha we're having all these debates on when issues pop up like this, but we're having sort of an identity crisis as a country. It's like you've got this progressive mindset coming in, the Melissa Harris Perrys of the world who say your kids aren't yours and they belong to the community and yeah. uh, the community at large. And so you've got that progressive mindset kind of creeping in and, you know, invading the, the, the culture. And then there's the other half who believe, yeah, those are actually our kids. And so you've got those two things that are kind of we're, we haven't really decided, like our principles and values. And it's kind of like tossed up in the air right now. And we're waiting to see where it all settles. Yeah. And so then these issues come up and all we do is, you know, just sort of bicker back and forth and it goes nowhere. And, um, you know, I mean, I could be I think I could be talked into sort of a case by case solution. Yeah, that's you know? kind of, it seems like where a lot of these politicians have landed with it. It's yeah. like, you know, some vaccination vaccinations are different than others. You know, you should be able to stagger them or whatever you want to do. But, I mean, it's like if you ask a parent, Jeffy, you're unfortunately a parent. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> unfortunately the for the children. Uh, there has, there's got to be something, and you don't have to go into all details here, but there's got to be something in your life as a parent that you do that is outside the mainstream. Uh, maybe not the way the government would recommend you doing it as a parent. Now, I know for you, there's thousands of things. There but, are a oh, number of things yeah, on that list for like, me. Yeah, like, I mean, you know, for, for example, the government recommends that no child watch any television at all until two years old. Now, look, 
I that's probably the right recommendation. However, I can tell you a couple times, you know, uh, when things were crazy, the TV went on when they were one and a half. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, oh, am I a it. horrible parent for that? Kind of First of all, probably. Yeah. But second of all, you know, how many things are there? There's got to be one in I've been all, all of our lives Absolutely. where we say, you know what, I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. And it might not be vaccinations. It could be, uh, you know, I mean, there are no, they, they constantly try to prove that religion is detrimental to children. Oh, yeah. when, they, when in 50 years, when they decide that religion is actually hurting your development, what do you, you're going to have another issue. And I think that there's always something that a parent does that's a little bit, that's with their instinct and outside of the mainstream. If you allow the government to decide for you when, when you do certain things, I think you have a major problem. Oh, no doubt about that. There are yeah. always times when you're supposed to go with your gut a lot of times, right? I mean, you're supposed to know that's, what you're that's told. what's good, that's what you're supposed to do. If it doesn't feel right, I mean, there are a number of times where it's like, you know what, that's, I'm not doing that. That's where I'm at on uh, schooling right now. Yeah. yeah. I just, uh, you know, my wife brought it up to me and she put it in this. I'd never thought about this when, you know, uh, our, when our first child was getting ready to get into school. And she just started talking about, you know, it's just really weird as a society that you, when your kid's five or, you know, five or six, right. that you ship them out the door at seven something in the morning and they don't come back till three or four. And you're just like, why, what, why would we do that with our own kids, I you know, know. <laughs> at that young of an age, especially yeah. when. Like, let's be honest, like even you, Jeff, you could probably teach, well, maybe not the math, but the basic stuff, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm just, I just remember the well, math, the, the whole he's got amber. bit you had with the adding thing. Oh, yeah. Um, 22 plus 8, 30 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but you have Amber to do this for you. This is right. how you homeschool. Uh, <laughs> yes. I mean, if Jeffy had anything to do with it, but, it would be a disaster. But that's how, yeah, you're right, uh, exactly. But right. that's how it was done. I mean, like, we handle the basic stuff. Then if you wanted to get them to go to the higher education and they go to the specials, they can go there. Right. That's how it was originally set up. We had universities and things first. We didn't have, you know, grammar schools and that stuff. The town figured all that out. Yeah, and you think about it, like, because you made this argument to me a long time ago, and it, it does resonate. And that, like, your child, my, I just talked about my, my kid's only three now, so this might change a little bit as they get older, but my kid wakes up around between seven or eight o'clock and goes back to bed around seven or eight o'clock he's up for 12 hours so you ship them out at eight and they come back at four and they're beat they're tired they're tired they're you, you get them in the witching eight hour. of their 12 hours <laughs> and you have the worst hours together exactly uh not to mention you don't know what the hell they're teaching your kid at school we've seen so many examples of, of terrible teachings that you have are gone making on. the case for me to send my kids to school why? Wait, no, Jeffy, oh, you're missing the point all day long. <laughs> Wait a second. I don't think I you're understanding what we're going for at like all. Uh, but believe me, some days I feel that, too. <laughs> I mean, I got two boys under five, and those guys are just climbing up the walls. But, I mean, at yeah. some point, and we've seen this already uh, in, in our society today, but it's only going to get worse, especially as more people do it. Homeschooling will be seen the same way as, yeah. as an anti-vaccination uh, oh, yeah. thing is. And believe me, I'm complete. Like, I am literally the most pro-vaccination person you will ever meet. Like, I am literally, I think it's a miracle from God. I said this yesterday. Vaccinations have saved so many people. It's one of the most important things that has ever happened in human society. Oh, really? I'm That's not... why we're in the, it's kind of why we're in the uh, position we're in now, right? Vaccinations were so great yeah. that we kicked the crap out of them. Yep. And we, uh, we were able to say, well, I don't need to take those anymore. Right. <laughs> we eradicated it. Well, not if you stop vaccinating your kids. So, but I am so incredibly pro-vaccine. 
However, you get to that point where you have to balance this in a country that has a constitution that emphasizes individual rights. And your right as a parent is incredibly crucial in this system if we're going to continue it. And, and the idea that you could just go out and, and make what I believe is a terrible decision is part of parenting. And, and if you say, well, homeschooling, well, they're going to come up with some stat that says it, it hurts kids or it, it hurts their development or whatever. Right. And then they'll say this, they'll make the same argument on that. And, and will it be successful? Maybe not now, right. but who knows, you know, down the road a little bit it may. Right, which is why that question on CNBC the other day was a little disturbing with the, the tone she had at the beginning of it, saying, like, you're actually for the choice to do that? <laughs> and so, you know, yes, like you said, that this particular, you know, vaccination is a good idea to do. But, you know, it's the bigger argument about freedom versus, uh, you know, this collective mindset and the Melissa Harris-Perry collective mindset. You could make the argument on anything in that mindset that, well, it's going to hurt, you know, if you're teaching creation, that's, that's, ch that's child abuse, and that's going to hurt other kids because they're going to be teaching other kids and, and everything else. And so you can make that collective argument that it brings yeah. society down, and then you can start banning all sorts of things. This and so why that's you make the road you can't arguments. go down. Yeah, yeah, this is why you make individual yeah. arguments, and that's why that has to be supreme here. Look, in, in the Soviet Union and Cuba, you probably make these arguments really successfully. Here, we're built on a framework that's different. And, you know, at the very least... You want to get your government doing things like this as close as possible. You want them the local school mandate something or yeah. uh, your local government or even your state government. But, to, to, I mean, they, there are going to be people who, because of this, this one family that went to, uh, you know, Disney World, you're going to find that uh, there are going to be people making serious arguments for federal mandates on this stuff. And, you know, at some point it's probably going to happen. I mean, the majority, the, the, the polling I saw yesterday, the vast majority of people uh, are are completely on board with this, including Republicans. Mm -hmm. I think it was, they showed it, it was 71% of both groups a few years ago um, supported mandatory vaccinations. And now the Republican had actually ticked up a little bit and the Democrat had or no, the Democrats had ticked up a little bit to like 73 or 74. And Republicans had ticked down like 68 or 69. But it was they're both very close. Uh, and, you know, those are overwhelming majorities. I mean, we, it would be seen as a very popular proposal. And obviously somebody's going to take that up. Yeah. And, and look, they keep saying the science is settled on this on these vaccinations. And uh, I would agree that the science is very good, that they're fine to do. But the you know what else the science is settled on? That every time we give government. Uh, something like this, and yeah. they, we give them an entryway into something like this, it always ends bad. It yes. ends poorly. How much more science do we need oh on gosh. that? Do you, have, yeah. do you have any evidence of that at uh, all? Just, just the numbers. Just from, everything. You know, just everything. Let's take a break, and we'll explain this to Jeffy uh, in just a second. <laughs> <laughs> Not I know. Just a couple. We'll explain it to person number 1164. Yes. After the break. 888 <laughs> back. His phone number is Pat and Stu. Dan in for Pat today. And... Or Jeffy or whatever that is. Well, I just, yeah, I mean, I just want to make sure people understand that they're not seeing it. Uh, Washington Times is reporting that IRS Commissioner John Coctostadin, which is the guy from, uh, if you remember him, uh, from Fletch, John Coctostadin, uh, he confirmed Tuesday that illegal immigrants granted amnesty from deportation under Obama's uh, new policies would be able to get extra refunds from the IRS for money they earned while working oh, illegally. 
Good. Mm. As long as they filed returns during those years, of course. Legal immigrants who are granted the amnesty will be able to, uh, they're going to be given official social security numbers, which means they can go back and amend up to three years of previous tax forms to claim the earned income tax credit. So not only, we kept saying, well, he's taking all these illegal immigrants and he's making them legal. No, 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 no. He's taking all these illegal immigrants and he's making re them retroactively legal. Mm. So when they were even doing these things, they were retroactively being able to now t claim tax credits meant to serve the uh, American citizen. Uh, of course, they don't necessarily do that well either, but that was what the idea at the beginning. That's wonderful. But you know what? I think, look, mm. maybe we can't stop Obama from these executive orders and these sorts of things with the amnesty. But what we can do is start lobbying these guys and let's make them Republicans because they're going to start getting taxed on this on their income now. Like they're not getting taxed on it right now. And so, you know, maybe we can turn these guys into some low tax uh, Republicans and uh, at least at the very least get their vote. I mean, if they're going to be sure, real anyway, sure, I mean, that'll yeah, work. Totally. Oh, that'll totally work. That'll totally happen. Look, oh, I, look I can dream. All right. A guy yeah. can dream. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. That's kind of what else situation. are we going to do? I mean, they're just I mean, they're just doing all this. This is very Cass Sunstein-esque, all these sorts of backdoor you know, policies and, and things that they're kind of just sneaking in. Uh, I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, you know, how else do you stop this? I mean, I, you know, I think the answer, of course, is you don't. Good night, everybody. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, it's, I, you know, that's kind of where we are. I mean, I think yeah. it, when you look at these problems, I mean, you know, this is a situation where Ronald freaking Reagan even endorsed these policies of amnesty. Ronald Reagan. This is not just some guy. This is Ronald Reagan. Even he went down these roads. We're talking about Ronald Reagan. We're talking about Ronald Reagan. Alan Iverson. We're talking about practice. We're talking about we're talking Ronald about, Reagan. We're talking about Reagan. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't know how you stop this. I think what you have to try to do is uh, present, you know, your, your vision for America. I mean, I, you know, it's Mar Marco Rubio has talked about this a lot, and I think this is a legitimate way to, to attack this problem, which is to say... We want immigrants here. It's not, uh, this is not something that, it gets spun into this illegal, uh, you know, we don't like Mexicans argument. It's like the real reason, the real thing here is that if a bunch of people who worked at Ikea decided they're at the Ikea factory in Sweden and they said, you know what, we're getting on a boat, screw the rules of the United States, we're going into South Carolina and we're just going to flood over the border and it's going to be millions of Swedes across our border just putting together, you know, all sorts of uh, furniture with just, you know, instructions that you can't understand. And, and we were like, wow, what's going on? The United States of America and Republicans in general would still be pissed off about it. Well, it depends we would on which Swedes, right, Jeffy? Am I right well, on that? Well, the Swedish bikini team is obviously always welcome <laughs> Thank uh, at any time. That's right. not what I was going to say, but I mean, I'm okay. just saying. Okay, <laughs> well, yes. But I mean, we, just because they're white, does that mean we want them here right, if they come right. here illegally? And the same thing goes for, I mean, we've talked about this before. Some of the hardest working people that I've uh, ever come across and great upstanding uh, citizens are African immigrants, people who came here from Africa legally. You know why? Africa sucks. So people come here and they want to make sure yeah. it works out really well. Right. And they work their asses off because they believe in this country and they see that while this place isn't perfect, it's a hell of a lot better than Zambia. Right. So you come here, you work your hardest, and that is they, a lot of those guys put us to shame because yeah. we're freaking lazy and we take it for granted. Well, are we? Is anyone complaining? I mean, you don't see this big complaint like from like the like Asian immigrants. Is Asian immigrants come over here and they and they excel? They they come in the right way and yeah. then they they work. Kick the, what they do is they kick the crap out of white people is what they yeah. do. 
And it's yeah. true. That's uh, you look at every income statistic. You look at test scores. Asian Americans come over here. Uh, Asian immigrants come over here and kick the crap out of the, uh, the the average American because they whatever apply themselves a little bit harder. Right. And don't tell me that they're it's it's easier for them to get over here. I mean, try coming from China. And some of these yeah. places, oh my gosh, you know, where it's, it's, it's not exactly a picnic to get out of there. I mean, adoptive families can't even get kids from China that nobody wants, <laughs> let alone have people coming over here and trying to immigrate into the country. It's not easy. Um, so, you know, as far as Mexico goes, look, it's easier for them to come illegally than it is from anywhere else, um, with the exception of Canada, I would say. Um, you know, you're able to get in here illegally, and because we treat it like it's a speeding ticket, no one cares. You know, you have to have tough, tough punishment. You have to have um, a policy that, that uh, you know, emphasizes uh, the opposite outcome. Um, you know, and at the same time, though, you need to take, make real policies and make it freaking easier for these guys to come when they are good people and they are good citizens and they don't have criminal backgrounds and they want to come here and mesh into our society a little bit. We make that process so impossible that, you know, you, you, you look at the way we treat it as a crime and how difficult it is to come here legally. You can understand. I'm not justifying it, but you can understand why they make the, a cost-benefit analysis that get, ends them up across the border. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I would argue that it's uh, cheaper than a speeding ticket. I mean, maybe not yeah. cheaper, but that you're treated uh, easier yeah. than you are. Try not paying that speeding ticket. Yeah. You'll be in jail. Yeah. Eventually, you wind up in jail. But clearly, okay? yeah, clearly it's worth... The, 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 the cost-benefit uh, analysis is clearly comes out in their favor, you know, for doing it because look at the risks they're willing to take, yeah. you know, taking kids through the deserts and having these, you know, you know coyote smugglers taking them yeah. through. And that shows the benefit is high of this country. It shows mm -hmm. that, you know, maybe this isn't such a crap heap after all. Uh, but I think we could offer a legitimate legal alternative, uh, you know, and, and say, don't say, don't make the argument like unions always used to make, like they're going to come take our jobs. Talk about how, look, they're going to push. The immigrants will push us in the right direction. This country is built on immigrants, as everyone always says. But the reason why that's good, and it's not just a stupid catchphrase, is essentially the United States is an all-star team. It's a global all-star team. All the people who had the balls to freaking get on a boat and go across an ocean when they should not have done it, and they all wanted to do it because of the opportunity. Those people all came here and built families, and that's why we kick everyone's asses. Yeah. We, you know what? We should start like a shirt on, the, shirt on my back. Uh, club, yeah, and it's just everybody who came here with just the shirt on their back, yeah, and that's all they came here with. How many times? I mean, we've had it on the show with Glenn and uh, on other shows on this network. Um, people who have done that, and is there not a more inspiring story than hearing someone who escaped communism came over here with absolutely mm -hmm. nothing, and then now they own like 17 businesses and are are dominating? Right. Like that is the American dream, not this crap to come over here and just get you know retroactively paid for you know all these services <laughs> that they're giving you. It's yeah. just ridiculous. Jeffy? What's up? All right, back in a second. Triple Eight, 727 <laughs> back. Thank you for that input, by the way. Uh, that was. Uh... I'm reading my Facebook page. Oh, right? okay. He's at his Facebook page. Oh, okay. Oh. Sorry about that. I, my apologies for yeah, interrupting, interrupting yeah. your Facebook page. Probably one of the most amazing pieces of video you'll ever see 
came out, it was one of those that looked like it was photoshopped. Oh, when yeah. you saw the big pictures of it initially, it looked like it was photoshopped. It's a picture of this uh, and video of this plane crash that happened overnight in Asia. Where was it? Thailand? Was it Thailand or Taipei? I can't remember. Yeah, I don't know. remember. I'm I can't familiar with that. Thailand, but I'm not. Familiar. You are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I go to Jeffy, I travel there a lot. Jeffy but. does as well. Yeah. Taiwan. It was in, in Taiwan. Taiwan. So here well, is. Uh, what's that? I'm just remarking how much I like Southeast Asia. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that creepy addition. Um, so this is a video. If you have not seen this yet, it's. Uh, look, it's obviously horrific because of the result of it. We, we know something like 20 or 30 people are definitely dead. There's 53 people on board. I don't know, you know, if there's any chance of anyone walking out of this thing. I mean, I, I don't there know. There was it video looks... of them coming out, like, you know, on the raft, you know. So they did uh, actually get I set. think so. I think it's, it's a miracle, actually, when you watch the tape that anyone made it. Right. But, I, you know, unless it was the wrong... Uh, you know, right. tape that I saw rolling on the news story that I watched. Uh, they were showing people, you know, rescue crews coming in, yeah. a couple people coming off. It the is planes. hard to believe, though. It landed um, in a river, though. That's the only reason. I mean, if it landed on ground, that thing's exploding into a ball of flames. Yeah. But it landed in the river. And so we'll show you that. We'll show you the video here in just one second. But the uh, they said that they think the people were trying to essentially do a miracle on the Hudson landing on this river. Uh, you know, uh, try to somehow make it landing right. where you put the belly right on there, but they were running out of uh, altitude very quickly. Let's watch the video and, and you'll see what we're talking about. It, it is, is amazing. amazing. You kind of watch this guy drive. There it is. Oh. Pretty, uh, it hits the car. It actually hits that car. Yeah, he is. Yeah, look, he bangs it. Does it hit the car? No, it hits it the did. No. no, it hit the car. It did hit the car. Which one? This this first one, right up here, or, the, or two up? Two I up. think two up, right there. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Holy crap! So yeah, look at this one that more time. In the hospital. Look, they're alive though. They're alive. Amazing. As far as I, last I heard. Let's do. It. Can we do it one more time? Go one more time here, because this is watch not the car directly in front of the car you're, that you're driving in, one but more. the one, one two up. up. It looks like a van, two cars ahead. See it just get clipped. Oh my oh. god, that is amazing. No. That pilot just made an incredible move because you're right. He, yes. You can see he's trying to land it on the river, but now look, he sees he's not going to make it, so he tips it. Unbelievable! Wow. If he doesn't tip it, I think it just flattens, belly flops yeah, right on the right on the uh, right on the interstate. Yeah. Did I actually, think of something like that so much where we live uh, here in the Metroplex, <laughs> driving back and forth to work. Every day, the airport all over the place. Most of the time, lands. Over the interstate, they fly in over the interstate that yeah. that I travel every day, and so do you guys actually. But there's so many afternoons I drive home, and they're they're coming in, and they are really low over that <laughs> interstate before they. I mean, the airport is just the other side of the interstate, and I man, I tell you how frightening that is because you realize how big those things are. Oh. And then you see, I mean, we all fly on planes, you know, they're big, we got it, but you don't really think about it. But you see that plane on that interstate like that? Yeah, How, especially, I mean, it's amazing. especially because I think that one was taken off, right? Right, it was took it off. Taken off. And so, so th that's got a full tank of gas. Right. Yeah. So that is going to, there was, there was a clip on, on the internet if you care to look it up, but it's uh, Bagram Air Base. Uh, there was a cargo ship and it's going up and he just loses all of his power. I don't know what happens, but it just goes up and it just comes right down and it's a dash cam video again. But it hits ground, not water like that, and just explodes into a fireball and it's it's hmm. just you know yeah it's brutal um uh, there's actually another video too of 
a car, just a couple cars behind this. They, I must have the same Russian dash cam problem we've talked about yes. on the show many times where everyone's <laughs> got a dash cam because there's a lot of views of this. But if you watch, can we watch the video, video one more time? This is, uh, if you kind of look at um, uh, the propellers, I guess, on, on here. Let's see if we can watch it. Uh, if you kind of, it's hard, very difficult to see, but one of the propellers is clearly spinning at a different rate as the other, and they believe the left engine was, uh, uh, they had lost power. So you can kind of see it, it's going a little bit slower, um, where you can kind of almost see the, the propellers actually spinning around, um, and they think that was the issue. And I guess they have more problems with two engine planes than they do one engine planes, because when the sec one of the two engine goes, goes out, you have to be a, really, a real expert pilot to be able to fly yeah. it still, and they think that may have been the, the cause here of this uh, terrible crash. Uh, but uh, 53 people on board, so it's not, gonna, it's not pretty. Um, but um, it is an incredible video. It actually, to me, looks like it was photoshopped or like it would be out of a, uh, an action movie. Because they freezed it right there when, it's, when he's dead sideways, yeah. you yeah. know, and, and wing tips up and down. And they, they freeze it right there. Seriously, if that, if that comes out of like a movie like, what was that, 2012? Remember that movie with John, was it John Cusack? Yeah. yeah. And it was a terrible movie. Um, uh, oh. about the end of times oh. in the what? Mayan prediction thing. Uh, yeah, it was awful. You know it was awful. I mean, he was like Woody basically Harrelson? running on foot, outrunning an earthquake. I mean, it's <laughs> so bad. Woody but you, broadcasting from a Winnebago? In, that's right. In, in <laughs> he was Park like Art Bell. Not real? Like, yeah, but uh, th that scene looks like it could be right out of one of those action yes, it movies. Does. It, yeah. it's, it's that incredible. I mean, and, you know, obviously... Really terrible, just awful video today. Awful, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, yeah. I will say though, this dash cam phenomenon is this a phenomenon in the United States yet? No. I mean, do we not? Do we all have dash cams? No. This it is a, we, we talked about like... this before, and, and uh, you know, the audience who watched us do Russian dash cams every single was it every Friday we did that yeah. for like a long time. <laughs> Which is a good because, policy, by the way. I don't know why it went away. Yeah, I know. Well, well we kind of watched pretty much every Russian one. When we started, when we started seeing, man, we've been at this corner too many times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it really, yeah. it got a little uh, exhausting. Um, but the. Uh, the, the policy behind it was real in that so many people tried to defraud insurance companies and, it's, you know, they would fake get hit by cars and then say, oh, my back, you know, if you give me $100 now, I'll just leave. And they, they, were, they knew they would get sued if they right. didn't, so they put these dash cams up to make sure they could catch it. And, and, and there's right. what, actually how it started, some of my favorite dash cam videos are the ones where they do People catch the fakes. It. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, well, like, he just kind of rolls on the, on the hood and just kind of falls off like, really easily. Well, did you guys see that? You probably showed the Punisher. Did you show the Punisher? Yeah, we did. We did. The, the, the bus guy. That's, that's the one that kicked it off for me, and that's fantastic. Now, because of he that. He intentionally was hit. He's cars. actually a national hero, this guy, because... When he caught those people doing that in front of him, he didn't stop. He hit the gas and he yeah. just rammed them. Yeah, past. intentionally hit them. Uh, when it was just a highlight reel of him just ramming into people, and, and it's all those scammers. He just did not care at all. And he never, and he's still driving. He never got ticketed. Really? Yeah, because those were all their people. They were all deemed that it was people uh, trying to do the insurance scam. Oh, okay, so he just gunned it. To right. So when somebody would come flying in front of him and hit the brakes. Clearly trying to get rear-ended, he would just hit the gas and rear-end him. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, uh, 888-727-BECK is the phone number. We're going to come back on the other side and tell you about how you can get all the nutrition you need from Coca-Cola, which, yeah. by the way, is uh, something I try to do every day. Back in a second.
<laughs> I don't know if the crane can do it. <laughs> uh, Turbo 8727 back. Uh, Jeffrey was just talking about hanging off a crane. Yeah. I told him the crane couldn't do it. No. He couldn't handle it. Um, actually, no, this I is got a wrecking it. ball, yes. Got it. Well, yeah. I didn't think the they understood time. it. Oh, okay. Oh. It's basically a joke to say that it's a roundabout way of saying you're overweight. Uh, so. Uh, so, a uh, couple quick show notes. Uh, Dan has been joining us this week. Thank you, Dan, for uh, stopping by. And uh, Pat will be back next week, of course. Uh, they're, they are still in New York, so I uh, kind of split during the radio program. There's a couple of interesting things. Dan, of course, watching the Russian dash cam video, uh, was, was, was uh, alerting us to a new Russian uh, camera phenomenon. Yeah. Not the Russian camera phenomenon Jeffy normally likes to highlight, but one I instead. I wanted to bring some of those in, though, You by did. The way. I keep, you I keep, keep offering. offering. You do keep offering. Yeah. And we're just going to keep, we're going to hold back on that for now. Okay. But thank you again so All much right. for your help. Yeah. Uh, so this is these guys go, but what do they do? They hang on cranes. Yeah, the Russians are insane. Is yes. basically <laughs> the moral of the story here. But uh, there is this phenomena there that kind of started a little while ago, and it's these guys, these thrill seekers. They just go out and they climb. They go on construction sites and they climb up to like the, the buildings. They climb up uh, the cranes, the massive cranes that are hanging over. Right. And uh, there's a couple guys that will go, and then they they don't just climb on it. Then they go out to the edge and they just oh, it hang on it by like their fingertips and and they're doing this and and uh, it's just fingertips. it's you're just sweating when you're watching these videos it's absolutely insane yeah and i don't know this guy i don't know what kind of he's got incredible dexterity that he can okay. actually hang i mean i'm just thinking okay what if there is something you didn't plan like a broken rusty nail or something mm -hmm. or broken glass or something up there and you just Ow, whoops, you're right. done. Yeah, one little you know, thing, one, one drop of rain that comes down and yeah. makes it a little bit more lubricated than you yeah. were ready for, So you're really yeah. screwed. Yeah, if you're looking to kill a couple hours on YouTube, just search Russian crane climbers. And uh, there's actually one video, too, where the guy, because I'm like, there's got to be a video of these guys failing at this, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I looked for it, and there is one where a guy like tries to do a base jump off of a giant crane. And it's in the snow, thankfully for him, and his parachute doesn't open. Oh. So he jumps, and he's going down, and his buddy's up there filming it. And the parachute doesn't open, and there's just a ploof of snow when he hits, and he survived it. Wow. So, but the, the Russians are crazy, is the moral yes. of the story. Well, the we point will, is that uh, Russia is awful, and they have nothing else to do other than hang off the cranes. <laughs> I think that's the point. Um, unlike this wonderful country, uh, which has produced something that... Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, electricity, blah, 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 <laughs> modern medicine, blah, 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 nuclear physics, blah, blah, blah. How about red velvet freaking Oreos? How about that? Okay. How about that? That was my understanding yeah. that those were out. It's an interesting point you bring up there, Jeffy, because when, when these were uh, finally confirmed, we re-reported the rumor very early on. Uh, then, when they were finally confirmed uh, by Oreo, we, I sent a, a link to Natasha, uh, and I, I told Natasha, this the is the top company priority. You're talking about Natasha, the person who acquires food for right. this job? Right. I think that's her job title, sort okay. of. And, and so I said, this is not only the top priority for the show, but the top priority for this entire company huh. is the day these come out, we're eating them on the air. Now, I'm getting reports from uh, sources like USA Today claiming these have been out on February 2nd. What? Now, Natasha's comeback to that is that she did go to the store on February 2nd to find them and could not find them. However, since then, there have been multiple... 24-hour periods in which multiple stores could have been investigated all over the world, right. let alone like, just here in Texas. It seems like a good, dedicated producer would have found these Oreos. Yes! Just, you know, I just... Oh, my gosh. There's stores that carry Oreos that are open 24 hours a day, yeah. let alone... I mean, she could just find them. Yes. So I will say this. Tomorrow on this program, this is how Glenn does it. Tomorrow on this program, we will be trying red velvet <laughs> Oreos. On this program, this is what Glenn does, because he just says...
tomorrow we're going to be doing Man in the Moon, and we'll have a 50-foot moon head. <laughs> That's what he does. That's right. what we're doing now. We're trying it out on this on this right. program. We have six movies ready to go tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, we uh, we will hopefully have those, and maybe we can dip them in this wonderful new invention mm. from Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola has announced plans to distribute a premium protein-packed milk under Minute Maid's Fairlife brand across the U.S. next month. I guess, yeah, next oh, month no. then for that one. We'll have to eat Oreos again? We'll have to eat month? Oreos again in, in, in just a, oh. in not that, not that far. What is the Fairlife? Have you heard of the Fairlife I have brand? not. Uh, it, looks like, it looks like, you know, the typical sort of organic uh, packaging, although I don't know that it is organic. Um, Lactose-free milk contain half the sugar of regular milk, 50% additional protein, and 30% greater calcium. Reports USA Today, customers will be able to choose among whole, whole milk, fat-free, chocolate, reduced fat options, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I was at a, um, a Quick Trip, which is a 7-Eleven-ish um, eh, type of establishment here in Texas. It's around the south. But don't you undersell know. it. It's a fantastic establishment. I don't want to slap down 7-Eleven anybody. It might be a step up. From oh, I think it is. Way. I think you're right. Quick Trip is a step up. But I'm trying to explain it to people because, like, you hear these chains you're not familiar with. You have no idea what we're right, talking right, about. Right. So it's Quick Trip. It's like it's a convenience store, but it's like a high-level convenience store. It's got – it actually has, like, a nice little, like – I would compare it to, um, if you're in the Northeast or Philly, like a Wawa yes. type of place where it's got, like – it's got more than just the basic convenience store goodies. Um, and I was there, and they had opened up this new one. Like it's their new model, I guess, and they have this now this deli counter where you can get like grilled cheese sandwiches and egg and cheese breakfast sandwiches and you know all sorts of stuff that they'll make behind this counter. And then they have this huge drink uh, area, and it was like you know the, the refrigerator has you know two doors to it, each one, and there's just like ten refrigerators set up next to each other. It's the biggest one I've ever seen. Um, and I'm looking at them, and, and I'm like, all right, we're going to get some soda. They're going to have amazing selection. So I go through, and they've got two doors of the soda. And I'm going through. They've got the Coke products. They've got the Pepsi products. got lots of good stuff in there, but not an enormous selection. So I go to the next one. The next one is flavored waters. Okay? So I'm like, look at that. I don't want flavored water. Next one, two more drawers. Uh, just regular water. Okay? So Dasani, Aquafina, you know, uh, all, of the, all of that crap. I'm like, all right. So I go to the next one. Next one. All energy drinks, energy, Red Bull, Amp, uh, Monster, everything. Like all two. Kickstart. Yeah, Kickstart. Two entire uh, drawers of that. So now I'm like, all right, there's got to be another soda one. I go to the next one. Nothing but freaking protein shakes. Now, protein shakes, muscle milk, and, and uh, you know, all these things are 50 grams of protein, like 50 grams of protein, 10 grams of protein, Special K, 12 grams of protein, all protein shakes. Next one, all iced teas. And I go this, you go through the entire thing. Then there's another one of energy drinks. And I'm thinking to myself, like, they are pushing soda out the door. They are assaulting my beloved beverage. And they're minimizing it. They're going, because you've got to believe a protein shake that they're charging $5.49 for is a much higher uh, profit uh, margin. Well, unless, but but they want you to get the, uh, the fountain drink. They Which do profit the, margin. Profit margin is very big on that, that too. Right, yeah. But like an energy drink, what the hell would the profit margin be on an energy drink? They charge three and four dollars for these tiny cans. I mean, it, it, what's the difference between that and Coca-Cola? There's a little bit extra caffeine. Like this is yeah. not a more expensive beverage than the I've average soda, the and books. they just charge any amount for it. Yeah, I've not seen the books, but if I remember right, 
Monster and Red Bull, they sponsor an awful lot of stuff. Oh, just, so the yeah. profit margin must be pretty yeah. good. They're, they're price gouging. Yeah. It's the same thing the organic uh, things do. I, I had a, a buddy that works, worked in the grocery uh, business, and yeah. he said that those were the highest profit margin oh, of yeah. the organic stuff. Yeah. Yet somehow they don't get the ire from all the uh, anti-capitalists. Uh, <laughs> you know, That's what the fair life is, too. Oh, we'll back sorry, tomorrow. tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow.